On this episode of Rev Hang, Daniel and I talk about the MotoGP German Grand Prix and the Formula One Canadian Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rev Hang. I'm your host, Nathan Nevue, and alongside me today as my co-host is my good friend and fellow motorsport fan, Daniel Weigel. How's it going, Daniel? I'm doing all right. Thank you. How are you? I am good. It's another beautiful day out here on the West Coast, and uh, I'm ready to talk about some racing. Let's do it. Awesome. Uh, as a little side note, Ben is out this week, and he is on his way back from his racing event in Michigan. I'm super excited to see him back on the next episode, because we can talk about everything that happened and go through how, uh, how that whole trip went. But, for today... Let's just move on. We've only got a couple of races to talk about today. The first one being the MotoGP German Grand Prix. This happened at the Saxon Ring in Oberlungwitz, Deutschland. Um, it was a pretty uh, uneventful race, I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Quartararo got the jump early. Uh, he was on, he qualified second. Well, we'll go through qualifying real quick just yeah, to uh, give some context. That. Uh, on pole position was Francesco Magnaia, followed by Fabio Cordararo, Johan Zarco, Alessa Spargaro, Fabio Di Gian Antonio, Jack Miller, Luca Marini, Jorge Martin, Maverick Vinales, and Taka Nakagami in 10th. So there's the top 10 for you. Um, on the start, Cordararo got a way better launch than Magnaia and was able to take the lead off of that on the first lap. Um, but Magnaia wasn't uh, too far back. He was able to fight back on the second lap. Uh, into turn one, and they actually made contact, and it was kind of sketch. <laughs> yeah, Quartararo was on the inside, Mania was on the outside, and uh, they bumped each other. No one uh, went down, but um, definitely some hard, closer racing in MotoGP mm-hmm. there. Um, later on, uh, Joan Zarco made a, a really, really crazy overtake on Alessa Spargaro in a really high-speed right-hand corner. He dove down the inside. I think they even made contact a little bit. Um, they were so close together, but both drivers made it out of the corner, and uh, on they went. Sure enough. Uh, on the third lap, Benyaya and Mir crashed out. Benyaya just lost his uh, lost his grip in turn one, and actually the same thing happened to Juan Mir. You just uh, a few feet earlier in that corner, uh, they both slid out into the gravel. And uh, their races were over. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to Benyai and Mir, Nakagami later on in the race, about halfway through, had a pretty scary crash into the gravel. He uh, he tipped his bike over and then <laughs> absolutely dove into the gravel, and it, it was it looked painful. <laughs> Did he go right over the top, over the high yeah. side? And, he high sided the bike, and, then and uh, yeah, it was, it was kind it. of rough to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was okay. He got up. So, well, that's good. Uh, yep, no injury there. Uh, MotoGP armor is actually insane. Mm, that's pretty impressive uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, you see drivers or riders taking these massive hits and flying off their bikes, and they get up and walk away like nothing happened. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it seems like more often than not, they just get up and walk it off, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. Um. Later on, Maverick Vinales had a suspension failure, 
and uh, it was pretty odd. His the, his rear suspension just decided uh, to not suspend anymore. <laughs> just went on strike. Yeah. Uh, so his rear his rear ride height was basically nowhere. It mm-hmm. it looked like a a chopper almost. Nice. The way it was sitting, <laughs> it was kind of wild. You know, um, maybe I wouldn't mind seeing that instead of having like MotoGP just have an American series where they're racing choppers on street circuits. <laughs> There you go. It's a million-dollar idea, you know. (laughs) Could be huge. If you're promoting sporting events, call me. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Later, uh, towards the end of the race, uh, Jack Miller passed Alesa Spargo, taking third place as uh, Spargo went wide into turn one. Uh, After that, not much happened. It was pretty processional for the most part. Uh, the race ended with Cordero Zarco and Miller on the podium, and Cordero uh, won by a hefty margin, a good good few seconds, which mm. in MotoGP is quite uh, quite the gap. Right. Um, so let's just go through the results now. Uh, your top ten were Fabio Cordero, Johan Zarco, Jack Miller, Alessa Spargaro, Luca Marini, Jorge Martin, Brad Binder, Fabio Di Antonio. Miguel Oliveira, and Enea Bastianini. Uh, 11th through 16th were Marco Bedzecchi, Raul Fernandez, Franco Morbidelli, Andrea Davizioso, Remy Gardner, and Stefan Bradel. And then we had a lot of DNFs this race, mm-hmm. starting with Paula Spargaro, Maverick Vinales, Taka Nakagami, Alex Marquez, Darren Binder, Francesco Vagnaia, and Javon Mir. And with that, let's move on to Formula One Canadian Grand Prix here last weekend. Uh, let's go over the qualifying first. On pole, we have Max Verstappen, followed by Alonso, Sainz, Hamilton, Magnussen, Schumacher, Ocon, Russell, Ricardo. Rounding out the top ten, we have Guan Yu Zhou. So, what do you what do you think about the Canadian Grand Prix? Uh, I've always liked this track. Mm-hmm. Uh, it generates pretty good racing, and I think that's even more true now with these new regulations. Yeah. Um, it did help that, uh, qualifying was wet. It was very rainy. Right. Yeah. Not a lot it's of coming grip. down in buckets. Oh yeah. It was a torrential downpour. It was almost red flag conditions at the beginning, mm. but they were able to get a couple cars out there to dry the track out. Yep. Oh, that's um, good. a couple of drivers had really good qualifyings in the wet. Um, Fernando Alonso being one of them, and mm-hmm. Carlos Sides being another one. Uh, they both... We're really pushing. Verstappen obviously took pole position. Um, I don't think anyone was super surprised by that, but Alonso finished P2, which is insane for that Alpine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really shows that, uh, you know, they call the rain the great equalizer in the sport, and uh, it definitely yeah. holds to credence for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sebastian Vettel had a rough qualifying, which was a little shocking because he went P2 in practice three, which was also rainy. Mm-hmm. And so he had a lot of pace in the wet. And then uh, all of a sudden for qualifying, I think they said that they got their tire temperature or their tire pressures wrong. And so oh. the whole setup went out the window and he had absolutely no grip out there. Mm-hmm. Which so I just, hate to see that, but you just know. Aston Martin things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little unfortunate yep. um but yeah we had haas had a really good qualifying with magnuson in fifth and schumacher in sixth mm-hmm. unfortunately that didn't really convert as we'll get to later no it didn't but um 
let's get on to the race. Uh, when the race started, Verstappen got a better start than Alonso and Sainz. Uh, pulled a couple of seconds away, and uh, that that gap never really came down for the whole mm-hmm. race. It was pretty close at the front, which was actually really refreshing. Mm. <laughs> well, a lot of the times it seems like one ra- one racer will get out way in front and then stay there. Yeah, it seems like that's how he finished the race, but at least we did have some good racing towards the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Um, also at the beginning... Kevin Magnuson, the Haas driver, damaged his front wing trying to pass Lewis Hamilton. Uh, that caused him to get black and orange flagged, and uh, he was forced to pit for repairs, and that dropped him to the back of the field and essentially ruined his race. Yep. Yeah, K-Mag, uh, just doing K-Mag things. He's always been very aggressive. He will always yep. send it if there's an opportunity. Um, so, unfortunately, he damaged his car. But, uh, yeah, that yep. was, uh, that was his race. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember. I think it is a, I think it's a Sebastian Vettel quote, but I'm not sure if he's quoting someone else. If there's a gap and you don't take it, you're not really a racing driver. I guess that's a paraphrase of it, but yeah, that is a, that is a quote that is Ayrton Senna that's that originally. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, if you didn't, if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> he he licked the stamp and sent it, but you know, didn't quite didn't make it. Quite, up. Uh, didn't quite quite make it around. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, it was uh, kind of business as usual for another five six laps, and then Sergio Perez had a gearbox failure on lap eight, and that ended his race. Very 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 bad for Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really needed to take advantage of Leclerc starting at the back. Um, oh, and by the way, Leclerc did start at the back because of an engine penalty. He didn't qualify in 19th. Oh, right. I think we forgot to mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an engine penalty that dropped him all the way to the back of the grid. Well, he was in 19th because Tsunoda also had a bunch of engine penalties. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So that's why they were back there. Um so Red Bull really needed to take advantage of the fact that uh, one of the Ferraris was at the back. Um, but yeah, he had a rough weekend. Perez didn't do so hot. And in qualifying, he qualified 13th and uh, crashed his car, caused a red flag, and uh, wasn't able to uh, improve after that, obviously. Yep. So uh, 13th was as far as Perez could get, and uh, that was... Uh, that was it. His race didn't get much better. Mm-hmm. So the first virtual safety car came out on lap nine as he was parked off the side of the track. Um, Verstappen and Hamilton took advantage of that and decided to go into the pits under VSC conditions because, of course, you lose less time in the pits under safety car and virtual safety car than you do under green flag conditions. Mm-hmm. So they they essentially got shorter pit stops for free. Um after that, it was kind of, once again, business as usual. And then Schumacher had an engine failure on lap 20 um, in the same spot that Perez had his failure. And so we got another VSC because Schumacher parked it in the same spot Perez did. So it was mm-hmm. basically a copy-paste of the last time. Yep, just a repeat. Which, yeah. you hate to see, you know, maybe one day you'll have a good race. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he'll. I want him to score points at some point. Yeah, like 
Come on, man. <laughs> it's it's getting kind of hard to watch. We're starting to get this George Russell thing going. Yeah. Where he just can't seem to get those points on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully he can uh, at least have a good weekend and get those points because I think it's probably just more of a mental barrier than anything at this point. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, so that caused a second VSC. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the drivers pitted under this one um, to go what they thought I think was going to be a one-stop race, but then ended up being a two-stop race for everybody because tire wear was very high. Mm-hmm. Um, Alonzo, though, did go long on his first stint and didn't pit for either of the ritual safety cars. Uh, I presume this was to take advantage of track position. Um, but it didn't really pan out for him in the end in terms of that track position. Uh, he dropped back all the way, I believe, to ninth by the end of the race. Mm. So, uh, unfortunately, he didn't have his uh, the best race. And I believe he also had uh, an engine problem. I think he had an air leak. And so oh. he was down on power at the end of the race as well. Yeah. Um, so they went round and round and round more and, uh, Verstappen came into the pits on lap 44 and on pit exit, he, uh, he had a little spicy battle with Lewis Hamilton, Mm -hmm. um, who almost shoved Max into the wall on pit exit. Yeah. Uh, But he made it out. He did get ahead of Hamilton just barely. Yeah. Well, uh, Hamilton got ahead of him on pit exit, but then... Verstappen was able to get him back on that same lap on the back straight. Okay, edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, On lap 49, Tsunoda crashed on pit exit. He had the fastest pit stop of the season so far and then binned it about 10 seconds later. Yep. It looks like he just kind of gave it too many beans there and spun it and off he went. Yep, right into the wall. Uh, mm-hmm. So that caused a safety car, which was kind of a godsend for Carlos Sainz, who was dropping back in second, or he was in first place, but losing time very quickly to Max Verstappen mm-hmm. on fresher tires. So uh, Sainz got a pretty free pit stop. He only lost that position to Verstappen and ended up in second place on the safety car restart. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was on fresh tires uh, about five or six laps fresher than Max Verstappen's, which is a not insignificant advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sainz was chasing Verstappen for the rest of the race, absolutely hounding him for that position, but uh, Verstappen was able to fend him off and uh, just had a little bit too much straight line speed for the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, and Verstappen was able to finish the race in first, followed by Sainz and Hamilton. We have it. And the results of the Canadian Grand Prix all together. Uh, Max Verstappen in first, Sainz in second, Hamilton third, Russell fourth, uh, Leclerc, Ocon, Bottas, Joe, Alonso, and Stroll for the top ten. Uh, Ricardo, Vettel, Albon, Gasly, Norris, Latifi, and Magnussen take us to 17th. Uh, Tsunoda, Schumacher, and Perez were the DNFs this race. Also notable, uh, Carlos Sainz came away with the fastest lap. And Charlotte Claire came away with driver of the day. Sure enough. Yeah. So let's talk about reliability real quick between Red Bull and Ferrari. You yes. know, 
seems like Ferrari did all right this week, but uh, as far as reliability and strategy, I'm not sure if they're quite out of the woods yet. I I, I have a feeling, just a gut feeling, that they're going to start having reliability or strategy issues. What do you think? I think so, too. Uh, Ferrari is kind of unraveling, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a good weekend this weekend, uh, but, I mean, like you said... I think reliability is going to be a big, big problem in the future because obviously Leclerc is already into engine penalties and we're not even halfway through the season. Mm -hmm. Um, So if they can't fix their engine and they keep going through them, it's like, what is he going to have? If he's he going to have to start at the back of the grid every four races, like, I mean, you'd really hope not, but you know, it's just Ferrari things, right? It would just, yeah. It would just fall in and make sense. It would. I hate it, but I feel like that's going to be the way it might turn out. Yeah, uh, I don't think Red Bull's completely out of the woods yet either. Mm-hmm. They took a lot of uh, engines at the beginning of the season. They have seemed to level out in terms of their reliability a little bit. Um, Perez did have that DNF due to a, a uh, reliability problem in this race, however. I would say that um, judging after after looking at it, so it was it was pretty obviously a gearbox failure just based on the sound of the car when it broke. Mm-hmm. Um, so in qualifying, he shunted into the wall and dug his nose cone underneath the barrier, which stuck him into into the barrier, and he, he wasn't really able to reverse out. Mm-hmm. He kept trying to get the car into the reverse gear. And then when he finally did, he dumped the clutch, and you see the car jolt, and something sounded a little wonky when that happened. Oh, um, yeah. I didn't really think anything of it at the time, but after going back and watching the qualifying highlights later and seeing that, I almost wonder if that incident uh, compromised the integrity of his gearbox, and that's why he had that gearbox failure so early on in the race. It could be. I can't help but feel as though if something like that happened during qualifying that the team would be inspecting the gearbox or even changing the gearbox out and just taking that penalty. I counter you with Charles Leclerc and Monica last year. (laughs) You know, fair point. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. um, It's not... Yeah, it's obviously they... If that was the case, then they should have taken the new gearbox. Um, It's just hard to know if if that was actually what caused it or if it was just a right. random reliability problem. I mean, we're just two guys on a podcast, you know, it's not like we're sitting on the pit wall or anything. Exactly. So we just <laughs> we just see what we see and call it the way we see it. Yep, exactly. Um, so, yeah, in my opinion, I think this reliability battle is actually going to be the story of the season in terms of what defines the championship. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the last three races, like, or the last four even, Leclerc should have won like three of them. And then who knows what what should have happened in this one because he started at the back. Mm-hmm. But Leclerc lost on strategy in Monaco, uh, had an engine failure in Azerbaijan, um, and then he had the engine failure in Spain too. Um, and in Spain he was way on front. So, um, lots of points that uh, could be on the board for Leclerc, but are not. And uh, I think if Ferrari can figure out their problems, I think they can come back into the championship. 
Because mm. I think Red Bull will have chat problems too. But uh, that's a big if. This is true. Um, yeah, I think that's in terms of reliability. I think both teams are not quite out of the woods yet. On that note as well, I think Alpine uh, has the best engine right now. The Renault engine looks super good. Mm-hmm. They're really fast in a straight line, and uh, they seem to be pretty reliable. Obviously, Alonso had that engine problem this this race, but this is the first engine problem we've seen all year from Alpine. Right. And, uh, you know, that being... The, this being the first problem we've seen with a Renault engine, it's it's looking good for them in terms of their reliability and speed. Right. I wouldn't I'm be surprised kinda, if we got a couple teams switching over in the future. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see what the rest of their season looks like. Um, maybe best of the rest, even. Yeah, they're kind of they're battling McLaren for best of the rest right now. They're really close uh, for fourth place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting battle to watch. Um. Where did Carlos Sainz end up finishing? He finished second, so yep. good result for him. I really wanted him to win. I wanted yep. him to win so bad. But the domination of Max Verstappen continues. He is just on a streak. He is flying, man. He's killing it. Yeah, absolutely. Verstappen is super on form right now. Um, I do, I do think Sainz will get a win this year. I really uh, hope so. I wouldn't be surprised if it came by way of Leclerc and Verstappen crashing into each other. Or uh, Verstappen could just do the old Verstappen thing and just bin it, trying to do something that maybe he shouldn't have been. Yeah, he could do that, and Leclerc does that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, anything can happen. It's just really hard when he's got three incredibly talented drivers they're all on the top of their game with, between Verstappen, Perez, and Leclerc in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to need, like, I mean, he's pretty equal with Perez, I'd say. They're pretty close. Uh, but between Verstappen and Leclerc, he's pretty much going to need them to have an off race to not to, <laughs> for him to win one. So are we calling it here now the Rev Hang prediction? Science win. The only condition under which this happens is double spin Double spin on. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say that's the only condition, but but I would not be surprised if that was the case. Yep. Um. So, yeah. Uh, he had a good weekend. Uh, good good points haul coming away from Canada for Ferrari. Ferrari ended up scoring more points than Red Bull mm-hmm. this weekend. So in terms of the constructors, it was a positive weekend for Ferrari. Um. But yeah, Perez just had a really bad weekend for Red Bull. Um, yep, throwing away a lot of points, possibly. So, not not ideal for him. Also, Norris had a pretty bad weekend. He was having en- engine problems all weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and never really was able to get out of that. Even in the race, he was having issues. And um, so, just off week for him and McLaren. He had a terrible, terrible pit stop. Uh, they basically did a Ricardo in Monaco in 2016 and forgot to bring out his tires. Oh, no. Yeah. And you know, this isn't even like an IndyCar pit stop where you've got fueling and stuff going on. Like, you're there to do one thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Tires. <laughs> yeah, tires. Tires and that's it. Maybe, like, to adjust some arrow or something, but, like, when the driver comes into the pits, what are they there for? They're for, there for tires, you know? Yeah. So. Not, I don't know how it happens, great. but it, I guess not it does. Not great for McLaren. Yeah. Um, 
Alonso had a really good qualifying. Unfortunately, was uh, kind of pushed back in the race um, and even got a five-second penalty after the race was over for weaving on the straights and preventing Valtteri Bottas from passing him. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a big no-no. Um, they're really cracking down on that this year, the weaving on the straights, because uh, they haven't really said much about it in the past, but we've seen Stroll get warned about it more times than not, it seems. And mm. uh, here we got Alonzo with a penalty. Um, yeah, it's uh, kind of a rule that's being enforced more this year, which is interesting. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Well, actually, I'm interested to see if um, I... A judgment comes down from the stewards on, or something, something uh, rather a controversial judgment coming down from the stewards on. Well, they're not weaving to maintain position; they're weaving for some other reason. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like when the FIA starts to do this kind of thing, controversy will arise at some point. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I think they might be kind of enforcing the rules more strictly this year, just because of last year. Mm. Uh, it was kind of confusing for everybody last year what was allowed and what wasn't mm. and uh, obviously Abu Dhabi <laughs> was kind of a fiasco um, so I think the FI is just kind of trying to do damage control to their reputation right now um, but Perhaps. you know I don't know there could be a myriad of reasons why they're enforcing it more strictly or why why rules are changing, you know. Um, there already has been several rules that have come up and in controversy, like uh, the cost cap is one of them. Red mm-hmm. Bull and a lot of the top teams want that extended. Um, there was the pit lane exit in Monaco thing that everybody freaked out about. Um, apparently they changed, like, one word in the ruling, in the rule book, and mm-hmm. it changed the entire rule for whether or not you're allowed to cross the pit line on, or the, the white line on pit exit. Oh. Uh, you can actually have a little bit of your tire over it now. You couldn't in the past. Um, it's just a full tire width over that is the no-no. Okay, right. So, yeah, lots of weird, minute, intricate changes in the rule books. Um, but, you know, if, as long as everybody's playing by the same rules and it's fair for everybody, that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's Formula One for you, isn't it? It's the the minutiae of the rules that it's very specific. Yeah, you know, it's just the way they roll at the FIA. Yeah, Mercedes had a really good week, uh, finishing a third and fourth. George Russell continues his streak of top five finishes, finishing in the top five every single race this year so far. Um, absolutely killing it. And Lewis Hamilton finished on the podium. Uh, his mm-hmm. first podium since Bahrain, I think. And uh, it's good to see him on the podium again. I never thought I'd say that, but yeah, it was kind of hard to watch him struggling down in ninth and 10th every race for a while. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, well, I think he was starting to feel it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's good to be back. Yep. And finally, Leclerc cut through the field. He started last and finished, or started 19th and finished 5th. In a pretty, pretty good race. He got stuck behind Ocon for a little while, um, but was able to eventually pass him. And uh, the rest of the field, he he had quite a bit of pace and uh, really showed. So, good mm. race for him. But uh, with all that being said, let's just move on to our championship standings. 
Mercedes and Ferrari are kind of getting close together, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, Red Bull's still way, way out in front in the championship, both drivers. Uh, well, Perez well, is only three points ahead of Leclerc, but Verstappen yeah. is a good, what, 50 points almost, 49 points ahead of mm-hmm. Leclerc. Yeah. So we could at least see some interesting things happening in the championship standings here. Um, it's nice to see a mix of at least three teams instead of seeing the classic Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull from a couple years ago, where it was just that every season, nothing changing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the front front three are mixing up a little bit, which is nice, uh, like you said. Uh, the midfield, I think, is going to be pretty spicy at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, like the whole midfield, looks really close together. So, I think that could really heat up at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, for the constructors' championship, it is Red Bull followed by Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, Alpine, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tori, Aston Martin, Haas, and Williams. All right, overtake of the week. Uh, this one was kind of tough for me. I had to think about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And pour through a lot of footage. Uh, weren't too many crazy overtakes this week in racing that I saw, at least. Um, but I gave this to Charles Leclerc on Esteban Ocon in Canada. He went, uh, he dove down the inside at the hairpin in Canada. It was a pretty cut and dry overtake. It wasn't anything super spectacular, but he did break pretty late and uh, kind of cut in from behind Ocon unexpectedly and. Um, so that's what uh, pushed it over the edge for me. Yeah, sounds good. All right, pit stop championship time. In first place this week was Yuki Sonoda with the time of twenty three point two four eight. Following which, Yuki, what's that? Oh, I was gonna say, which is great, except for the fact that he bend it immediately afterwards. Yeah, at least <laughs> at least he got something this weekend. T. Yep. He got the 25 points in the pit stop championship, uh, but yeah, like you said, uh, fast pit stop doesn't really help if you crash 10 seconds later. Yep. Um, so after Tsunoda was Vettel, and then Albon, Gasly, Verstappen, Alonso, Hamilton, Ocon, Russell, and Joe rounding off the points finishers. All right, and then quickly just going over, looking skimming through the driver's pit stop championship standings still very much red bull out in front um but yuki Tsunoda makes a big lunge forward this week with his first place uh sebastian vettel moves up the field after having two good weeks in a row uh past that nothing too interesting um and then in the pit stops kind of the same story red bulls got over twice as many points as mclaren in second place so uh looks like Red Bull is the very much the team to beat in pit stops this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like they've got their act together quite well. All right, let's go over our predictions for the Canadian GP now. Uh, I will let you read yours off first, Daniel. Sure. So, so top five? Uh, my top five for last week, or not last week, the Canadian Grand Prix, rather, this last Sunday. Uh, first place for Stoppen, second Leclerc, third Science, fourth Perez, fifth Hamilton, and the dark horse as Bottas. Yeah, and then to remind everybody of the, the top five that actually happened was Verstappen, Science, Hamilton, Russell, and Leclerc. So at um, least I got we got one right. 
I got yeah, one. Yeah, you right. got you got <laughs> Verstappen right. Uh, I'll go through my top five real quick. It was Leclerc, Verstappen, Sainz, Perez, and Russell, with Landon Norris as my dark horse. Um, none of that was correct at all. Nope. <laughs> Off week for me. Uh, fastest lap uh, went to Carlos Sainz this week. I guessed Verstappen. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? Oh, for fast slap, my guess was Perez, which also didn't work out. Yep. And then driver of the day, I said Esteban Ocon. It was Leclerc. And I was thinking Valtteri Bottas was going to pull through. He's got history of uh, setting records on this track, but again, didn't happen. Yep. Not a great prediction for uh, for us this week. Uh, notably, last week we uh, made our predictions for who we thought was going to go into the Wall of Champions. Um, nobody did. <laughs> nobody did. Yep. And, I mean, that's probably a good thing overall, but, you know, just for the memes, you got to do it. Yeah. All right. To British Grand Prix prediction time. Uh, top five. I think I went first last week, so I'll let you go first this week, Daniel. Okay, so... I think Max Verstappen is going to continue his dominance of this sport, so I'm going to put him in first. Um, I'm going to hope for good things for Sainz. We'll put him in second. Third for Perez. Fourth, let's see. Fourth, I reckon it's going to be Hamilton. And fifth, let's say... Hmm, fifth place... I'm going to say Charles Leclerc. I think he's going to hmm. mess something up. Dark Horse, let's call it Alonso. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, for my top five, just for the sake of being different, uh, I'm going to say Leclerc wins this one. All right. Uh, I think maybe... And yeah, he did really well here last year. Almost won, almost beat Lewis, which mm-hmm. no small feat in that car. Right. Last year, so I'll say Leclerc takes this one, uh, followed by Verstappen, and then uh, I'll say Carlos Sainz, and then Perez, and then fifth, I'm gonna say George Russell. All right. And then my dark horse will be. Ooh, who do I want to put as my dark horse? I'll say Esteban Ocon. We'll go All with right. the other Alpine driver. Gotcha. Um, what about for fastest lap? Fastest lap. Um, I'll say uh, I'll give that to Leclerc too. I'm gonna say Signs for fastest okay. lap. And how about driver of the day? Driver of the day, I'm going to give to uh, George Russell. I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton. I think either way, it's going to be an English driver because it's Has the British Grand Prix. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so, hometown hero. I think pulls more weight in Britain than almost any other country. Maybe, yeah. Formula One is a huge thing in the UK, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. We will indeed see what happens. But with all that being said, do you have anything you would like to say in parting to the wonderful people? Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, it's been an interesting experience, first time being on a podcast, um, sort of being just uh, the armchair expert here, as it were. But I'd like to thank you for having me on.
Absolutely. We loved having you on. Um, really appreciate you doing this. Uh, and I think we'll have you on in the future if you don't mind. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you'd like to follow our thoughts and opinions on the motorsport world, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RevHangMedia. If you have any thoughts or questions about racing or even about us, post a tweet at hashtag RevHangPodcast and we may feature your question on the next show. We would absolutely love to interact with you guys. You can follow me on Instagram at 2N underscore squared. While you're at it, go check out our website, RevHang.com, where you can find a calendar of our upcoming races, updated standings for the racing series we talk about, along with our horrific predictions for the F1 season. We'll return in two weeks to talk about the British Grand Prix and Ben's trip, but until then, I've been Nathan. And I've been Daniel. Thanks for hanging out, guys.